anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring. We will do it together. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, a show that is real, fun, and inspiring. And we will do it together. The voice you just heard was a host named Chris. And the prior voice that you heard is a host named Greg. That's right. I am Greg. I'm Chris. And that's who we are. And we're the hosts of this show, which is... Cruising, cruising together. together. And and what do, what do we do on this show, Chris? We talk about Tom Cruise movies. Because we've watched them all in order from the very first to this one. The to very the most, most recent. recent. Yeah. As of, as of this recording. As of this recording. If you're listening to this now, this is the most recent recording. <laughs> oh boy! I think we've, we've we've already gone off the the scales, the rails. And it's not. Do we just talk about it with each other? Oh no! Well, we we do it together, and we usually bring. But together usually, alone, the two of us. No, we usually bring a guest. Usually, and today is no exception. Today is uh, today isn't today because it's a special. A very special episode because it's a, it's the most recent movie. Yeah, it's a it's a special episode. It's not a special version episode. It's not a special version episode. No, but no. It's a, if it was a special version episode, the robotic exceptional. If it was a special version episode, the robotic South African woman would have announced that at the very beginning. And for regular listeners, you know what that means. If you're a first time listener, go find like, a special version episode you're, you're and listen already, to it. You've already clicked off. Nobody's clicking off. Nobody is. If I didn't know who the guest was by now, I'm done. Wow. You're a harsh, yeah. harsh critique. That's how I listen to podcasts. Well, I'm going to introduce the guest. Our guest hails from the wilds of Ohio, specifically a town called Rossford, home <laughs> of the Bulldogs. He's a cartoonist who amazes me with his uh, the way he handles a drawing implement. And I actually have a question about that that we're going to get to once we introduce him. He's the artist of the Agents of Slam graphic novel, the creator of Sammy the Samurai Squirrel, and one of my personal favorites, the Super Kings, from the aforementioned Home of the Bulldogs, Scoot McMahon. Welcome, welcome, to Scoot. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. This is uh, really an honor to be on my second favorite uh, Greg podcast. So, really, is... I'm I'm honored to be here. Thank you. And Thank you for the, the wonderful what, intro too. What is your first favorite Greg podcast? Well, it's everyone's favorite called Stuff Said. Stuff Said. Stuff Said. Talking about things. Stuff Said. Because <laughs> it's. <laughs> All right, now we should have done this before we started recording, but Scoot, I have to figure a... out a way. I have to figure a way to like uh, um, uh, deprecate myself on this one. All right, hold oh, on, because that's the one that doesn't have me, so it's better okay. than this one. Hold... It does have me? All right, but hold on, Scoot. Is there a way for you to turn your microphone volume down a skosh? 
about that? Oh, beautiful. You nailed it. Cool. Edit that out. Nope, it's staying in. I can always move this up here too if it helps. No, that doesn't help. Now it sounds like you're in a in a in a two liter bottle of soda. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Excellent. Um Chris, you were on multiple episodes of Stuff Said. Right, it was. My favorite episodes. Oh, well answered. See? Scoot, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um we're gonna get to the movie and the movie talk shortly. But uh I mentioned your your implement holding technique. Mm-hmm. How would you describe it? Um <clears throat> I draw like a I hold my drawing utensil or writing utensil as the same way as a two-year-old would hold it in my fist. And I kind of move my pinky and that's where I get all the um, nuances of line width and pressure and all that stuff. All right. So here's my question. Yeah. We're in it. We're in a, and this is relevant to the movie. We're in a digital age. Mm -hmm. People are working on computers. Yeah. Using styli, touch screens, yeah. Do you work digitally? And if so, do you hold your stylus with the same? Oh, he's about to demonstrate. Yeah, I have a Cintiq here, and I draw on the Cintiq the same way I would draw on paper. And you turn off palm recognition, right? Yeah, and I turn off the um, on the the Wacom pen. There's like this little uh, oh, the button. button. Yeah. I turn that off because my fist always, yeah. my palm always hits it. Incredible. I'll tell use you right now. If use a glove. No, I don't use the glove. No. If you have the opportunity to see Scoot live and in person at any of the conventions he attends throughout these United States, behold it. It's incredible. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm not even saying that in like a, in like a, like a, I don't even know what the word is. Like I'm not, I'm genuinely impressed and amazed by it because Scoot is very good. And you may recall, Scoot, I was so flabbergasted by this technique that we were out at a Schnipper's. Yep, burger place, this. and I was doing drawings in pencil. And I'm like, I need you to ink this. I need to see it happen. I um, I was going to bring that story up because that's the first time I met Greg. I had met Chris at C two E two in Chicago, I think, earlier that year, and then um, Greg kind of made me take a test <laughs> there outside at the uh, patio of Schnippers, <laughs> and I remember our mutual friend Franco kind of yelling at Greg and say, "Leave him alone. He's trying to eat." But I didn't mind. That was our. That was a bonding moment. That was like was, yeah. important to our history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe maybe Franco was just jealous that you guys were getting on so well. Yeah, I don't. I think. Yeah, you know what? That that may have been. I wonder what else he might be jealous of. I think if he ever stopped to listen to one of these episodes, he might be jealous of this one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. 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 I would be if I was listening since we're talking about, you know, cruising together. Which is what we're here to do. We're here to cruise together. The movie we're covering on this episode is Tom Cruise's latest and the latest in the Mission Impossible franchise. Mission Impossible. That sounded weird the way I said that. Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning. Part one. Part one. Hey, Greg. Before we continue, yeah, you mentioned uh, Scoot's levels a minute ago. Yeah, how are my levels looking? Aces. Yeah. Okay. If if your screen, levels, were... my levels, the, uh, the screen I'm looking at has some levels on it. Yeah. 
and my levels they look they, weak. They don't they don't look like they match up. They look yeah, as Scoop put it. So I like I like weak. I like the look of your levels. Okay. They look a little tiny, I gotta say. I'm not what, trying to wait be no, rude. That's, that's because your levels are so so bodacious. That's Scoop. how I like them. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, guys. People listening to this won't notice because I'm gonna adjust the levels. Yeah, it's the, not the uh, level. It's not the it's not the it's not the motion it's not wait, it's not the size of the levels, it's the motion of the levels. That's right. Yeah. It's the motion I'm of used the to being on the Oh Yeah podcast where everyone yells over each other. So is, we don't have to yell here. We're cruising together, baby. All right. Yeah, so this cruising. movie came it's nice, nice and easy. So today, as we record this, it is August twenty eighth. I do this every time. I don't know if anybody cares about this these these levels of timetables. The movie came out in July, July second, I think it was. Uh, July 3rd, right? Am I right? Or no, I think it was like July 12th. It doesn't matter. Um, came out before Barbenheimer, the week it before. It did come out before Barbenheimer. It came out before the SAG strike, but during the WGA strike. Yeah. I just like to get a sense of when everybody saw the movie. I saw it the day before it opened. It opened on a Wednesday. I saw it on that Tuesday. As you should, as the host huh? of Cruising Together. Well, did, Tom, did, Tom, did Tom invite you to this to a, a screen, no, red but, carpet event? No, but oh yeah, okay. So I saw it <laughs> on a Tuesday at like three thirty, something like that, three o'clock. Movie yeah. ends at about six. I leave the theater later that night. I see news reports that hours after I left my theater, Tom Cruise showed up. With Chris McQuarrie at a different theater, 20 minutes away from where I was, and surprised the audience. He didn't know that I, that means maybe he doesn't listen to this show <laughs> or follow or follow the account on Twitter to see that, you know, I was going to see this Or movie. talk to you the same day you're about to go see a movie. He might have been on a plane or a train or an automobile. Maybe, but anyway, that that was uh, I had a close call. With, is this an with, episode of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Oh, I wish I had a a, a, a theme for that. Okay, well, is it, if we wait, did, then it would be, but we don't. Well, hold so. on, it might be. Chris, can you pull up the theme to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? No. Oh. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I should have yes and it and just started singing it. Wow! Denied. You're the you're the singer. You're the sing song singer. Yeah, that's right. I sing in every episode. Everyone knows it. <laughs> You've sung in more episodes than I have. Regular listeners know me as the guy who sings every episode. I've only rapped once on this show. I'll let everybody go find that. It's out there. <laughs> Put it in the show notes. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. That's not how the show notes work on this show. How do they work? I describe what happens on it. Okay. But I don't like... Do you add supplemental information? No, I don't. <laughs> it's worth going back and reading the descriptions. They're pretty good. Okay. I saw it... So when did you... You saw it opening weekend or day before opening. Day before opening. Yeah. Chris, when did you see it? I think I saw it maybe two weeks after that. All right. Scoot? I saw it last week. 
last week. So you're the freshest. But I will say, Tom Cruise was there. He was on screen, and he thanked me for coming to the movie <laughs> before the movie. So he does do that with and, uh, with Chris McCarthy. Yeah, I was not finished. Oh, saw it again last night. Now well, who's the freshest? Now who's the freshest? You are because I watched it again yesterday afternoon. So you are the freshest. Now who is the cleanest? When did everybody last shower? I showered at about five PM today. It's currently wow. nine eighteen. That beats me. I showered at like six thirty AM. All right, I'm the cleanest. All right, so Chris is the freshest. I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm cleanest. The I'm the dirtiest and the freshest. <laughs> yeah, no, you're I'm the, the freshest. Both with the freshest mouth. I'm the cleanest. We need I'm a meanest. We, oh, the meanest. I mean, arguably, based on the levels, you're the loudest. And I did steal Franco's spot here, so no, 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 no. That presumes that it was Franco's yeah, spot to be stolen. Expecting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we decide who's the spot it is. Oh, okay. We decide who's the spot it is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly what I, I just said. I have no, a book no spot, "Spot on Adventure" is another one of my books, and it's uh, co-created with Franco. Then we shouldn't mention it at all. <laughs> Maybe we'll. We again. We we do plugs and stuff during the break. Come on, let's get to the let's you get did to the, the meet. plug. Not me. I did. You're right. Well, I had to introduce you. People had to know who you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So Chris is the freshest. I'm second freshest. Now I rewatched it because it had been a minute, and and we have to do recaps of these movies. Right? That's right. So let's let's just jump into that first. I open up the paper. There's a story of an actor. That's the theme to the recap battle. What happens here for people listening to the for the first time? Chris and I have prepared recapitulations of this movie. We'll present these recaps. Scoot, our guest, will judge who is the recaptain, that's the winner, and who is recapitated, that's the non-winner. We have a question from Scoot. Who is currently leading this challenge? It's a great question. At one point, I did have a tally, and I've lost track of it, so I don't know. Okay. I know that I won the last one, Top Gun Maverick. Our guest was feeling it more for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going first in this if one. Anything that guest uh, should have been very well biased in my favor. That all got discussed in the last. Go listen to it, folks. It's I'll a good have to one. go re-listen to it because I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it all gets covered. Um, but before we get to the recaps, prior to recording, Chris and I were having a conversation. I said we got to save that for the actual show. Stop this conversation right now. Freeze. Okay. So I was telling Chris almost apologetically that uh my recap is is very long and, and i said, said I, I i knew that that would be the case because mine is long and yours are always long well hold on always always man that's ice cold that's ice cold well I, look i i know you have a certain approach you have a certain 
uh, uh, style that I reckon I can see. I, I can see coming a mile away. And sometimes I'm thinking about that when I write my recap. So you're saying that in some ways it is a competition after all. That's true. You're saying that in some ways you have a level of intelligence that you know what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it so you can manipulate me? You can make me run down weird hallways? I'm like an algorithm. I can run, I'm, I'm like I'm like a, an I have an intelligence that is official <laughs> and can run algorithms on your behavior. Official should be a word. Truly. It is a word. Is it? I just said it. It's a word. You heard it here. So I've been working on my recap for all day today. (laughs) I started working on it yesterday. I started working on it yesterday, and then I quickly realized I don't remember what happened in this movie. I mean, I (laughs) like... But this is this is a problem for me with the Mission Impossible movies in general, which I've admitted openly every time that like there, there's always a point in one of these movies where I'm just I can't follow it anymore. I don't know what's going on, like because because they're so clever, because they're doing so much to trick everyone. They trick me. <laughs> Tom Cruise yeah. got tricked the bad guys, but he tricks me. And this All is right. a part one, so some and of these tricks... That's when I realized I'm the villain. Oh, my. Okay, so you started writing this recap last night, or I yesterday. started it last night, and then I realized, all right, you know what? I got to watch this movie again. What time is it? Do I have time to watch it tomorrow morning? No, it's not playing tomorrow morning. Is it playing, <laughs> is it playing right now? Yeah. You have just enough time right now to get to the theater if you go right now and watch it. So I, that's what I did. And I have to say... It was a lot easier to follow the second time around. Let me ask you this question. Funny how that works. (laughs) On the second time around, knowing what you going in, like, did you take notes this time? Did you take notes the first time? I did not take notes the first time. I I don't think I've taken notes any time I've ever watched any Tom Cruise movie. I took took some notes. Because uh, I don't like to. Fair enough. Um, but what I do is I'll take notes after, or I'll think about it after my subconscious does some work afterwards. And then I go, Oh yeah. Look, you of all people know, I tend to remember very specific things. You do lines of dialogue, like, like in a way that, uh, I can't account for (laughs) didn't happen in school, right? but it happens in movies. I don't know why. It's, it's a, it's. It is and maybe not, it's because, and maybe it's very because I don't take notes because I'm dialed in. Yeah, man. You I'm focused on watching. Moment. I'm focused on absorbing. I'm not focused on. Oh, now I got to write. Now I'm writing yeah. this down. While I'm writing this down, I missed this. This thing happened. Ah, you're in the pocket, baby. I was in the pocket. All right. Well, I can tell you, I wrote my recap yesterday, and then today I thought about it and thought, it's too long. It's just too long. So I pared it down, and it is still long. But it is shorter than it was yesterday. Yeah. But uh, I I can say, after working on it all day, 
up until literally the minute that we, you know, dialed into still working on it. I'm not happy with what I have. Well, I, I almost feel like I want to forfeit for the first time. You're Just saying, give it to Greg. hold on. You're saying that if this were a mission presented to you by, I might not accept, you might not accept it. Yeah. 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 <sighs> it would only be my mission if I accepted it. And, and there's a bit burn. There's a bit in the movie where they say like they accept it only if they know, right? Am I getting this right? Like only if they know they can pull it off. Yeah. Well, that uh, I think, or maybe I had that in a dream. Well, well, there was the fight with uh, uh the, there was the argument. All right, let's, hold on. It. Let's like, let's. Hey, Scoot, you look like you've got something to say. No, I'm not yet. I want to hear the recaps. All right, yeah, but, let's let's uh, get these Craig recaps just completely going. made something up. So. <laughs> let's let's recap these things. I think that happened in a dream. Okay. <laughs> I will begin. I think I, know, I think I know what you're thinking of, and you're not describing it quite accurately. Okay, I'll go first, and then uh, Chris, you will follow. All right, all right. Here we go. My recap by Greg Shegel. With a running time of about two hours and forty-five minutes, the following things happen: a top-secret Russian submarine with a double top-secret AI device on board uses that double top secret AIs that oof, I've already screwed this up. This is Dude, bad. You hear that? You heard that? Top right, secret. The top secret. <laughs> a top secret Russian submarine with a double top secret AI has a double top secret AI device on board. This double top secret AI device uses its double top secret AI powers to trick the submarine and destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> then Tom <Double>. Cruise. <laughs> It's only it's only double. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no comments down. <laughs> then Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt gets his impossible mission from IMF director Kittredge finally returned to the franchise. Thank you very much. Which he chooses to accept. Ethan has to recover a special two-piece crisscross key that every major and minor power in the world wants, despite not knowing what it opens. We, the viewers, know it opens the container housing the double top-secret AI device. Kittredge tells Ethan that his old pal Ilsa Faust is in the desert with one part of the two-piece crisscross key. Ethan finds her in the desert, but so do other folks with guns. There's a lot of shooting, and Ethan gets her part of the two-piece crisscross key, and she goes away to quote-unquote be dead. Kittredge, meanwhile, is talking with big U.S. government players, including the Director of National Intelligence, about the double top-secret AI device, which they all call the Entity. The Entity's super AI power is to control information and therefore control the truth, which makes it the most powerful weapon ever in the world ever. Ethan shows up, Mission Impossible style, to meet Kittredge face-to-face. Ethan wants to kill the Entity. Kittredge says no because he wants to control the Entity. Ethan says, um, no, brah. Kittredge says, try it and it'll cost you. Ethan gets his crew of Luther and Benji back together. To get the second half of the key at the airport, Kittredge sends a team, Jasper and Degas, to stop Ethan at the airport. And at the same airport, there's Grace, the beautiful thief hired by someone to steal the key. And also there's a guy named Gabriel and his henchperson, Paris. High-tech shenanigans ensue, but the key bits are Paris kills the person who had the second part of the two-piece crisscross key that Grace pickpocketed. Ethan sees Gabriel and flashes back to a moment where Gabriel kills a brunette woman Ethan cared about. 
Benji finds and tries to disarm a faked-by-the-entity nuclear device. Grace skedaddles to Rome with one piece of the key. Everyone at the airport goes to Rome, where there's a big honking car chase, and once again, Grace gets away from Ethan with her key piece. Ethan, Luther, and Benji are joined by the no-longer-playing-dead Ilsa. It's off to a party in Venice, where the person who hired Grace is meant to be. Gabriel, who Ilsa confirms is working for the entity, will also be there. Who else is at the party? Grace, of course, and Paris, and even Jasper and Dagas show up. And also Alana, the White Widow from the last Mission Impossible movie. She's who hired Grace, and she has to decide who to sell slash give her piece of the key to. Ethan, who wants to kill it, Gabriel, who wants it for the entity, or a third buyer who will be on the Orient Express. Gabriel says the entity already knows what's going to happen, and either Grace or Ilsa will die, and he'll get the key on the train. Alana decides to go with door number three, the Orient Express. There's a fight and a chase, and the entity messes with Ethan, and Gabriel puts a knife in Ilsa's chest, and as far as we know, she is for real dead and not pretend dead. Grace feels bad. Ethan and company explain that they all joined the IMF because they were all basically in some criminal-slash-legal trouble and were offered a choice. It's a bit suicide squatty, really. Anyway, they enlist her help to help with the next part of the mission, where she'd mask up as Alana, the White Widow, to get the key on the Orient Express. Ethan promises he'll meet her on the train. She agrees. Luther gives Ethan Ethan some good advice and says he's going to go into offline seclusion mode to work on how to kill the entity. Everyone who was at the party in Venice, except for Ethan, is now on the train. Grace as Alana meets the mystery buyer, Kittredge. Gabriel kills the director of national intelligence, who also happens to be on the train. Well, doesn't happen to be on the train. He's on the train. Gabriel then tries to kill his henchperson, Paris, because the entity says she will betray him. He stabs her in the gut. The last 30 or so minutes involve fights and chases on the runaway train and Ethan Hunt doing a big big old motorcycle jump off a mountain to get to the train, arriving just in time. Gabriel, just like he said, got the completed key. After a pretty cool bit of business on the train as cars crash off an exploded bridge, the movie ends with the following pieces in the following places. Grace tells Kittredge she's choosing to join the IMF. Luther is off on his own doing his computer stuff. Paris, Paris, who ended up not being dead after all, saves Ethan and Grace... Gabriel realizes he doesn't have the key and yells out, Ethan! Because Ethan Hunt has the key and is reunited with Benji and the plan being to go find the submarine from the beginning of the movie, which has the thing that the key can open to be continued in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. The end. I gotta take take a drink of water. That That was a lot. Now I'm gonna. I I don't know if I should say anything about what I'm expecting or hoping from your recap, but I'm going to since you said that you knew everything I was going to do. It's my oh, hope. Look. It's my hope that you fill in some of the gaps that I left wide open. Okay. Well, I like like you know, and I, as I, I and I have a feeling. I have a feeling you will. I don't. I, if anything, I I I got more gaps. This is what I was hoping for. <laughs> I have more gaps. This is what I was hoping for. Scoot, you're, you're still with us. For more gaps. I'm here. Yeah. Right. You just said you were hoping I filled in gaps. Right, because the gaps and that I you said have, no. Then I said no, and then you said that's what I was hoping for. Right, because I think the things you think are gaps 
You do you do your thing, baby. I'll tell you this up front. Uh Simon Pegg. Was it Benji and uh Luther? Yeah. yeah. They're not even in my recap. Beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. Because I covered all that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You filled in gaps. I I'm, all right. I feel confident. Okay. Sentient evil AI is here, and it is called the Entity. All major world powers want control of the Entity, because the Entity has the potential to control the world. But the only way to control the Entity is with a special cruciform key, and that key is in two pieces. United States Mission Impossible Force Agent Ethan Hunt's mission that he chooses to accept is to get half of that key. After a high-octane horse chase followed by a high-octane gun sequence in the Arabian Desert, Ethan gets half of the key from ally Ilsa Faust. Then Ethan decides not to do the part of the mission where he is supposed to hand the half-key over to the United States Mission Impossible Mission Force Director Kittredge because it is, at, it is at this point he discovers the U.S., like all other world powers, seeks to control the entity. Ethan believes the entity cannot be controlled. So now Ethan is wanted and pursued by the U.S. intelligence community. Ethan's new mission that he gives himself and chooses to accept from himself is to kill the entity, believing it's the only way to save the world from the entity. In a high-tension stealth and subterfuge sequence at the Abu Dhabi airport, Ethan searches for a man carrying the second half of the key. Grace, a professional thief, steals the second half of the key from that man. Then, Grace steals Ethan's half of the key. Then, Ethan steals both halves of the key from Grace. Then, Ethan determines the second half of the key is a fake. Then, Grace steals Ethan's real half of the key and flies to Rome. Ethan catches up to Grace in Rome, but she doesn't have the key because she hid it. So Ethan wants to accompany Grace on Grace's mission to recover the key and deliver it to a mystery client at a fancy midnight gala. Grace doesn't see any logic in teaming up with Ethan, so she runs. In a high-octane auto chase sequence, Ethan pursues and catches Grace, while U.S. agents pursue Ethan, and an entity enforcer named Paris pursues Grace. Ethan and Grace escape their combined pursuers, but Grace, Grace still sees no logic in teaming up with Ethan, and she runs away. <laughs> Everyone reconvenes at the Midnight Gala meetup. Grace's mystery client is revealed to be the White Widow. Ethan is accompanied by Ilsa Faust for backup. The Entity's agents are there, including Paris from the car chase, and Gabriel, a villain from Ethan's past who killed a lady significant to Ethan. The White Widow plans to sell the complete key to somebody on the Orient Express train tomorrow. Ethan seeks to prevent that. Gabriel doesn't care who does what with which half of the key or not tonight because the entity has already algorithmically determined that Gabriel will wind up with the key tomorrow on the train as long as Gabriel kills a significant lady from Ethan's present Tonight, either Grace or Ilsa Faust. High-octane combat sequences follow. 
ending with Ethan sparing the life of a subdued Paris and Gabriel killing Ilsa Faust. Finally realizing it would be a good idea to team up with Ethan, Grace boards the Orient Express disguised as the White Widow in a high-tension subterfuge sequence. Grace subdues the real White Widow and acquires the White Widow's half-key, now possessing both halves of the real both halves of it key. Meanwhile, Gabriel is on the train completing a related mission. Kill anyone who knows what the special key actually opens. The key cannot be used to control or kill the AI if nobody knows where the key can be used. In a low-octane action sequence, Gabriel kills U.S. National Intelligence Director Denlinger. 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 Denlinger? then immediately turns around and kills Paris. Revealing the entity had anticipated, Paris would have likely switched sides after Ethan spared her life. Grace, still in disguise as the White Widow, meets with the White Widow's buyer, who turns out to be Impossible Mission Force Director Kittredge. Grace surrenders the key to Kittredge, then steals the key back from Kittredge. Grace flees the scene of that particular train car to another train car, and ditches her disguise moments before the real White Widow arrives and Kittress discovers the st- she stole the key. In a medium-octane foot chase through train cars, Grace is cornered and seconds from execution when Ethan bursts through the window of the train via parachute, taking out the bad guys. In the commotion, the key is fumbled and recovered by Gabriel, who quickly escapes to the roof of the train with Ethan in pursuit. A high-octane train roof concludes. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, that works. I'm going to stay with it. (laughs) A high-octane train roof fight concludes when Gabriel jumps off the train to safety, eluding capture. Now Ethan and Grace are stuck on a runaway train, the control room sabotaged earlier by Gabriel. In a high-octane action sequence, Ethan and Grace detach the engine from the rest of the train and must climb back through subsequent sections of the train before each car methodically falls from the edge of a cliff. Just when it looks like they won't make it, they are saved by Paris, who still has some life left in her, after all, despite the knife plunged into her abdomen. Paris follows up her final heroic act with words equally redeeming as she relays to Ethan that the key, which he now has because he swiped it from Gabriel during the roof fight, belongs to a submarine called Sevastopol. With U.S. agents from the rear of the train now converging on the scene, Ethan escapes via parachute, leaving Grace and Kittredge to discuss the possibility of Grace becoming an impossible mission force agent. The end. All right. I, before, well, before we get to Scoot's judgment, I just want to say, separate from anything, I think I just realized in this in this moment that I'm so entertained by <laughs> a a pause followed by an uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh oh is like something usually you, you've seen or written but when it's actually said with sincerity it's so good 
uh oh, because it's it's like nobody says it when something's terrible, right? It's yeah. said you're you're in a calm state where you're able to actually express those. Uh oh, oh, it's delightful. It's All like right. the entity took over Chris's <laughs> recap I mean, we, in that we, moment. We yeah, we both had some hiccups in our in our recaps. The entity could be a, a manipulating well, you know what? now i'm i am subject to the same judgment that i steered scoot toward judging you for and i accept yeah, yeah no it's, it, it is now it i mean look like i said i didn't want to read this to begin with now it is in the hands of scoot now scoot yeah you could you could you could talk us through your your logic you could just declare a a recapped and a recapitated. However you want to play it, the floor is yours. Look, you know, as if, you. as if the recaps weren't long-winded enough, you have every right to say, just here's the answer and let's just get on with it. You could take yeah. as long as you want. You could fill in any gaps we missed. Or you could spend the rest of the show explaining. <laughs> yeah, the floor I is now. I feel like the entity now. So I have the control. Like, yeah, we've basically handed, we, we're giving you the cruciform key, both parts. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's in right. the submarine right now. That's why now you're allowed to say whatever you want for as long as you want to say it, and no one's going to interrupt you. Not not me. Hold on, I'm going to interrupt you. For, I'm going I'm to interrupt you for one quick second. <laughs> nope, wrong wrong theme. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. Where the hell is it? Uh oh. Oh, here it is. Stand by. Thanks a lot. Scoot. Look at me. Look at yeah. me. You're the captain now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Worth, well, worth it. That was worth it. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. But <clears throat> so I I think um I could break it down because they were both very entertaining. But I think um I'm going to declare the winner with one word. Octane. I I think I know what that means. I don't want to celebrate prematurely, even though I just raised my arms over my head. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a tight one, and I even took notes. And I'm going to give it to you, even though I wasn't <laughs> going to. But since you kept up with the octane, because Greg <laughs> mentioned two of the fun characters in the movie, Benji and Luther, who are important to the movie, and you completely left them out, and you warned us. Um, but you kept me entertained and you actually, I gave you the edge for real because you described the action in a little bit more detail and Greg kind of skimmed over the action, which was probably like half the movie was just nonstop action. So, which are, if I may sound like a sentient entity, a sentient entity, precisely what I thought were the gaps that Chris would fill in. So I, I, I agree with this, uh, vote. I am, you, I am happily recapitated. In the one note I put, the only thing I put that you kind of both left out was what made the airport scene so tense was there was also a subplot with the – there was a bomb that the entity – I mentioned the bomb. Well, yeah, barely. Uh, <laughs> barely! I mean, look, I am – You should have left it out completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess the sentence that read – Benji finds and tries to disarm a faked by the entity nuclear device. Does it yeah. count? Yeah, it doesn't because it doesn't add to the stress of the situation. 
I mean, look, there's a lot of really cool tensions are high because, and the entity was also putting false, um, was as were Luther and Ethan swapping faces around. It's a really very cool sequence, but yeah, yeah. it was cool. There's there's just so many moving parts. Yeah, every moving every moving part has like fifty connecting other smaller moving parts. But hold that thought because the battle is over and now we can discuss things. Okay, now, now we can we can now we can we can settle in <laughs> the way we do. But but if we want, we can take a break and then come back and talk about all these things. So how about we do that? Yeah, you guys probably need a break after those recaps. I feel like you might need a break from all your judgment. I could, I could do this all day. <laughs> well, we're at, we're at about the halfway point, so let's take but a break. To quote a famous Tom Cruise line, I could do this all day. <laughs> oh, we got, I mean, there's still so much more to discuss. Okay, let's take a break. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. All right, it's time for a patented cruising together break. Chris has taken a sip of a beverage. Chris, what kind of beverage is that? Water. Ooh, I'll do the same. Hold on. Hydrate. Gotta stay hydrated in this day and age. <laughs> Gotta stay hydrated. I Did you, you right stay now. hydrated as a child? Did you have any sense of like hydration? Oh, this is this is a. Uh... Both Gary Goleman and Jen Kirkman do bits about this. That's true. Both of them do bits about this. Uh, no, no real sense of it. Um, but I do absolutely remember the thing Gary Goleman talks about, which is like waiting for that water fountain during PE class. Right. And having a limited amount, like five seconds, like the, the, the gym, the, the PE That's teacher would count off. Save some for the fish. Yeah, that's, that's what the kids would say. They well, save some for the fish. My, There's no fish in line here. My elementary school teacher, my PE teacher, he was the one that was dishing out these sorts of things. He was um, a dick, maybe. He's Sounds like that, it. He's the guy that during presidential fitness uh, time, the presidential uh, fitness examination or whatever it was called, uh, it was time to do when you had to do pull-ups. Which, I mean, come on. Most people can't do pull-ups. You'd hang there and you go, come on, spaghetti arms. Sweet guy. There's no reason a fourth, fifth, sixth grader shouldn't have 20-inch biceps. Although you and I know that a pull-up is not biceps. It's back. It is partially biceps. Uh, a chin-up is. It's lats, bys, and delts. Bro. But if you're going, if you're going palms away from your face, it's forearm. Mostly... It's still just as much bicep. I don't think it is. You know who we need to have this conversation? Mike Marisigan. Mike Marisigan. Yeah, but alas, he was previous guest, Mike Marisigan. And the break off... right now. I think that would complicate things to a degree that I couldn't. I couldn't. Why? Why? Right. Because this is the break for an episode featuring. No more. Scoot. No, more the complication of how to cue in the recording. I guess we could send him the link and he'd be joining us. 
I'll tell you right now, Chris. If people people oh, listen to this for the fitness, hold on. If you if you want to send him a, the email link and say we have one quick question for you, by all means. And if he chimes in while we're recording this, break, I don't want I don't want to do this. Okay. All right. Well, offer was on the table. I'm not I'm not the guy who enjoys derailing things. Yes, you do. That's you. You're a liar. You should be the one to email and him. A, you're a liar and a fink. Well, I mean, what? I don't know. Is fake a bad thing? I, I, I think it is, but it, as I said it, I realized this is an antiquated term, and I don't entirely know what a fake is. Maybe you think fake is a great thing. Oh, Thank no. You. No, I don't. It's got that hard K and that hard F. It's another word with those things. Freak. Yep. That's not funk. typically a positive. Funk. Funk is pretty good. People like the funk. Yeah. A flake. People say they want the funk. And they want you to give up the funk. So that maybe that's bad, right? You got to give something up because it's poisoning you. Do they say give up the funk? Yeah, don't they? I don't think I've ever we heard want the them funk. say that. We want the funk. Got to have that funk. Give up yeah. the funk. Got to have that funk. I don't I know. That I've ever, I don't know if that's right. Uh, callers, call in. Let us know. Funk Masters. If anybody, yeah, Funk Masters. Call in. Tweet us. Funk funk Masters. masters, Tweet us at uh, at Cruisin' Show. At Cruisin' Show. If any Funk Masters have our uh, Zencaster link right now, get in here. That would be be eerie. That would be like a ghost was calling in. BTS. We we record with ghosts. BTS, the behind K-pop? the behind the scenes, behind the scenes, people don't know how many ghosts we have operating the equipment. Oh, behind the scenes, not the group, not the K-pop group BTS. Right, That's but they're also confu- here. Are they called BTS because of behind the scenes, or does it mean something else in Korea? That is that is beyond the parameters of my expertise. Until right, they the wind questions. up in a Tom Cruise movie. Question so far: Do they ever say "Give up the funk" in that song? We want the funk. If that's the name of the song at all. Two, the Korean K-pop band, which is redundant, I understand. BTS, does it stand for behind the scenes or some other thing that we don't know? That's two questions so far. Question At the third, Show on Twitter. Question the third, specifically for previous guest Mike Marisigan. What is the percentage differential in bicep use from a chin-up or a curl up to a pull up. All right, good. I hope uh, hope people are writing these down because. Oh wait, we're recording them. So the break. What do we do here? Besides what we're doing right now, we, we talk we about. Tell, we, we tell you what's up. Yeah, we tell you about the 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 the, the, the paperwork. The ad. This is where we do admin for the show. Because in the show itself. We never say, oh, we'd like to thank our guests for being here. Do you have anything to plug the way they do on other podcasts? We do things what? We do things a little different. How, have you, what's have the you difference? Dined, have you dined with us before? What is the difference? It's How shared, are we different than other podcasts? It's, it's shared plates, so you want to order a few different things. Share okay. them. Um, we, do the, we do the plugs. And the admin in the middle of the show for as long as it takes. Instead of the end of the show. In as short a time as possible, yeah. 
And and while we do it, there's music playing underneath us, and it's all just groovy as all get out. What's the music playing right now? It's the music. It's like the theme music from Top Gun. It's not We Want the Funk. It is not We Want the Funk. I mean, I guess I could loop that in, but that's an extra step for me. And that might get us dinged on it. That might get us on a copyright ding. There's an episode of this show, Cruising Together, that has been removed from Spotify because of a sound cue in it. Awesome. We talked about this, and I can't remember what it is. The episode we did live at Acme Comics Presents has been removed from Spotify because it played, I want to say, nine to ten seconds of uh, of, uh, that Frank Sinatra song, um, Night and Day. Okay. Not... The other night and day we played, that did not get a ding. And not two nights and days? There there are two night and days. There's a Frank Sinatra night and day, and then there's the other night and day. Well, I know, you know, uh, you know, the boomer generation. Okay, boomer. They really like Frank Sinatra a lot. Right, but the other night and days... And they were, they were, they were largely responsible for most of our listens, that episode. They're like... They can't find Frank Sinatra. They, they don't know where they can find him to listen to him. And that was pretty much the only option. Yeah. Was that Spotify saw that huge spike and they're like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, Frank Sinatra's estate is like, you know, throwing throwing a, a court summons. Yeah. They're throwing court summonses at them. They're chucking those things around like they're going out of style. They're like a guy shows up and is like in a disguise and it was like, are you Spotify? What? Not Spotify. What did you say it was? I said Spotify. Oh, yeah. Spotify. Yeah, they show up to Spotify, and they're like, are you Spotify? And they're like, yeah. They say, uh, they're like, uh, Mr. Spotify was my father's name. <laughs> and then they say, and then Spotify is like, I. And they're like, like oh, so you're not Spotify? Yeah, that would was have been funnier or... if you said, are you Mr. Spotify? And then I said, are you Mr. Spotify? Mr. Spotify was my father's name. Okay, so who are you? I'm just Spotify. You could just call me Spot. You've been served. Oh, spot. Oh, damn. And then it's that was a movie, right? You've been served. You got served. You got served. That is the movie. You got served. How great would it be for Tom Cruise to to uh, reinvigorate that franchise? Reboot it. What would be better? Tom Cruise rebooting the You Got Served franchise or Tom Cruise appearing in a step up in the step up franchise? So, I'm I'm not particularly attached to either one of the like I don't I don't I don't know if that's like a situation where people are like take a hard line on one side of the fence or the other. Dude, I've seen none of those. How about that? So I'm saying for me, it doesn't matter which one, as long as we get to see Tom Cruise. What are you doing the Rock dancing are doing competitively? Wait, are you doing an impression of the Rock? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, Greg. That's- Greg, does it matter to you which side of the fence? No, wait, Greg. What is your favorite side of the fence? Uh, it doesn't matter what side is oh, your favorite of the fence. Oh, there's that rock impression. Gotcha. You got me with a rock impression. I mean, a rock impression absolutely beats a scissor impression. For sure. For sure. Well, how do you do a paper impression? You do Little Jackie Paper from Puff the Magic Dragon. How's it go? I don't. I haven't seen a Puff the Magic Dragon. It doesn't Dragon. matter how it goes. Oh, you got me again. I walked right into it. 
like walking into a glass sliding glass glass door. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about how oh, this is such a great break and what we do here on the yeah, break. Night and, and day. What's the other night and day? Oh wait, uh, um, it's a uh, uh, the, the R and B groove. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to bring up my uh, my my software here, and it's not bringing up. But yeah, there's an R and B groove going to come to me before we let's talk about other stuff we can absolutely talk about other stuff here's it here i could look it up but i think my brain will figure it out before i could let's do some admin for this show specifically let's say this is your first episode you've ever listened to and you're like i got to hear more of these two uh bros by the way thank you for at least listening this long to get to this information if that's if that if that describes you thank you you've only listened this long you've only gotten half the story but uh, if you want more, go to Hatter Entertainment, H-A-T-T-E-R, entertainment.com, slash cruising, and all previous episodes live there. All, even the all one in. even the one that's been stricken from Spotify? Especially the one that's been stricken from Spotify. More so than the other ones. More so than the other ones. And when you go there, you can Is see... Is it there the, twice? No. But it's really there. All right. Keep, keep going. Um... I just agreed without even hearing what you said. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Anyway. They're um, all there. They're all there. Every and, episode. And you can read the, the descriptions, which we mentioned in this episode of Cruising Together, that I write the descriptions of the episodes. You can read those there as well. Uh, they're pretty riveting. So that's, that's how you can hear the show. But let's say, Chris, people want to interact with us. They could email us. They could tweet at us. They email us. Do you even say tweet anymore? Are we allowed to even say that? So as of this recording, Twitter has been renamed the very specific, not to be confused with anything else, rolls off the tongue X. Yeah. And tweets have been renamed posts, and retweets are called reposts. Really? Yeah. People but, still keep saying tweet, right? But everybody just keeps saying tweet and retweet and Twitter. So, terrific job on rebranding a well-established brand. Uh, in the parlance of the internet, HBO switched to Max, and Twitter was like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on... Because HBO doesn't have any history of, like, a long-established brand. Nope. Nor does Twitter. Uh, yeah. Next thing you know, Marvel's going to change their name to... That's pretty good. That's... That was off the top. That was off the dot, top. Dot com. How do you spell <laughs> it, though? What's the logo look like? Um, it's a E-E-N-N-H. And they're going .net on this one to really make it findable. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, if the Mission Impossible franchise... Hey, what if, uh, what if this X, this rebranding of X, Twitter becomes X, interferes with Marvel's introduction of the X-Men through Disney? I heard. This is just a rumor. I cannot it, confirm it. 
is Elon Musk going to be Wolverine? No, I've heard that the X-Men in Marvel are going to be called the Twitter Men <laughs> to avoid any conflicts with uh, the Twitter. The t- it's because it's the the Twitter, the famous Twitter gene that causes the mutations. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're ripping off a thing I was going to do in my pitch for the Marvel Animal Universe, where all the mutants were birds. That was a bit I had in my pitch. I remember. I liked that. Yeah. Feared and hated for the ability makes, to fly. Makes me wish it was 1980. So there'd be people that would uh, embrace such a, a concept. 1980? Yeah, the 80s. That's, that's when it was time for books like that. When you say the 80s, you're starting straight from 1980. 1880. Oh, now I understand. The the the. That's when the original Human Torch android... You know... A lot of people don't know this. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to stop that one right there. Is his name Jim Hammond? No, something Hammond. Mark Hammond? No, that's a that's a real person, and I think Jim Hammond is the guy from Jurassic Park. But it might also be the original Human Torch. It's that's why I said I want to stop right there because I don't I don't even. Okay. All right. So to what we were Johnny saying, Storm. Johnny Torch is the one we know. Yeah. If people want to email us, how do they do that? Oh, they could just uh, email us at uh, you could, the the email address would be cruising at hatterentertainment.com. Right. That is cruising, no G at the end, no apostrophe at the end. Right. Cruising. Yeah. Spelled C R U I S I N. Yeah. Similar to. The spelling of Tom Cruise's last name, or the name of this show, Cruising and together. the name of the show. Speaking but the of name the, of the show, show has an apostrophe in it. But if yes. you email it, take out that odd and bit if, of. And if you want to engage on on social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter, that's at Cruising Show. Or theoretically, you could just talk directly to either one of us, because we're both still on there, aren't we? What if people are, like, absolutely sick of you and me, and they're like, yeah, we got it. We've been listening. When are you going to tell us about this interesting new person that you You're just talking introduced about, us to? Are you talking about the Scooters? I'm talking about Scoot. I call him Scoot. Shut, shut your mouth. I'm talking, talking about, about the, Scoot. I'm talking about the Scooters. I wonder if he calls his fans Scooters. That's a good – that's pretty good. Well, let's start – if if it doesn't if, – if, if, if he doesn't or they don't already – this is where it starts. This is where it begins. Here's what we're going to tell you about Scoot. Scoot is a cartoonist. He writes, he draws. <clears throat> we mentioned a little bit of it at the beginning of the show, but here we're going to give it to you official style. He's got one graphic novel that he illustrated and co-wrote, I think he said, uh, called Agents of Slam. Which, Slam. It's a yeah, wrestling actually, book. Technically, it's Agents of S-L-A-M. Yeah, acronymically. And I, and I read it, but I can't remember what the S-L-A-M stands for. I apologize. So, no. Society. No. Who likes animals, man? Sure. Uh, but it doesn't matter because slam is all you need to know. And if, you, if you're if you like. It doesn't matter what it stands for. There's that rock impression. Speaking of wrestling. Yeah, it's about wrestling. It's about. Uh, yeah, it's a world where wrestling is, is uh, like. Global and political, not polit- political is the wrong word, but the president is a former wrestler and he's got like a wrestling agency. That's slam. Uh, Society is built around wrestling. 
a world culture revolving around wrestling. Read the book. And if you're not convinced, I can tell you that it's a Junior Library Guild gold standard pick. Okay? Now, also in this episode... That does matter. It does. Also in this episode, there was some mention of a fellow named Franco. Franco is another cartoonist. Friend friend of the show, possibly frenemy of the show. It's a... One day, this storyline will be resolved. This is dramatic. <laughs> a lot of dra- dramatic BTS stuff that one day we, we may sort this out. Ever since Franco came here from Korea. That's right. But Franco uh, is the writer of a graphic novel story that Scoot drew called Spot on Adventure about a dog with a jetpack. What else do you need to know? Uh, I, I need to know. Does this guy have his, his own website? Does Scoot have a website? Chris does Scoot, who does comics, have a website? And what Chris, is it called? You know he does, and it's ScootComics.com. S-C-O-O-T Comics.com. And that is also his Instagram handle. You put a little at in front of Scoot Comics, boom. There he is on Instagram. Now, here's something. I want to see him in person so I can no, shake I about, his hand. Was, so I can watch him draw with that, with that crazy, crazy grip. That's what it is. If you want to see Scoot's pen technique and you are anywhere near the Cincinnati, Ohio area, this episode is dropping on September 20th, 2023. Scoot will be at the Cincinnati Comic Expo September 22nd, September 23rd, and September 24th. So you can go see him physically in person, hold a pen or pencil like a child and draw like an adult. And, and if and if you're not one of the cruisers that listens to this the day or the day after it drops, oh, you can always go to scootcomics.com for future appearances. Or how about you get yourself a time machine and figure it out, bro? Now, what do you say to people who say, if I want to see his grip, I'll just I'll just find him on YouTube. I'll just look him up on YouTube and find video of him drawing. I I don't know if I I mean I haven't checked to see if there's video. Well, of I'd his say grip. you can't you can't trust any videos now. It's all it could be all AI. All the entities. So you have to see him in person. You You have have to see see him in person. Should we just give out his home address so people just go to his house if they can't find him at a convention? Well, we do mention the city he's in, and now I don't remember what it is, but we do mention that. So that was his mistake. Um, In the words of Robert Ripley? I think it was Robert. Or not. You have to see it to believe it or not. Old Robert Ripley. I think that was his first name. From Alien. Yeah, Robert Ripley, the lady from Alien. Uh, I've never seen that movie, Alien, or any of the sequels. Although I was just listening to a podcast the other day where somebody said, there's no bad Alien movie. I didn't say it. Don't come at me. Don't at me, everybody. I've never seen any of them. You seen those movies? I've seen some of them. I don't, I don't remember them. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I've seen them. There you go. You know what I saw yesternight, as my paternal grandmother used to say once. Yesternight, I saw an opera adaptation of The Shining. Live performance 
of The Shining as an opera. Your grandma and, used uh, to say this? Yeah, that whole sentence. No, my grandmother w- once it, said... Did she phrase, like the opera? Once, One time my grandmother used the phrase yesternight, and I thought that was pretty terrific. My grandmother was an immigrant, everybody. Get off her back. As far as uh, made-up words go, <laughs> I'm not sure Amazing. it's even made up, and it's instantly understandable. That's a Perfect. thumbs up. Gold star for that one. We were at the grocery store. I have taken to the grocery store. She paid with a 50 or a $100 bill. The cashier checked it with that pen. And my grandmother said, Don't worry. I make that in my house yesterday. <laughs> Perfect. Absolute perfection. And I've my, never forgotten. My grandfather it. used to commonly and, 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 and uh, perpetually... Uh, make the claim that he he minted his own money in the basement. <laughs> so maybe that's like a thing. Or you get like birthday money or something, huh? Might be. It's like generational. You say, "Be careful, be careful." Though the ink on that is still wet. That's a good. That's a good grandpa bit. And then he would do the trick. Where he'd like oh, give me a piece of paper. I'll show you. And he'd like rub the the bill on the piece of paper, and the the green would come off on the paper. Right. And like. It was even though I knew he was lying, even though I knew he was doing a bit. Yeah, I was still surprised. Like, oh wow, like that happens. Then I tested it on all my money, and then I start to buy. I try to pay for things, and then it's like I'm just handing white bills over to people. They're like, "This isn't real." And you're like, "But it was. It was." Yeah. Um, I was gonna say something else, and then it just left my brain. Thinking about grandparents. Grandparents who all counterfeit. Oh, that's what it was. We had a, a one of my grandparents' cousins would do a bit. We had like a receding hairline. He'd go, oh, I got to adjust my hair. And he'd like move his scalp skin around. Oh, so yeah. So it looked like he was moving. Classic. That one, that, that's a, that one spread far and wide that like kids would just do it. Like Yeah, it's kid, classic. Kid, kids in class would do it. And then... And then, and then one does it, and then all of a sudden everyone's doing it. You ever be you ever be in a swimming pool, and a and a somebody with long hair does the uh, George Washington hair flip back. Speaking of hair tricks, why George Washington? Because it looked like a like a powdered wig sort of thing. I've also heard it referred to as a Martha Washington. But when my cousin Lisette used to do it, she would, she would go into the water, lift her head up, and then flip her hair back, and it, it would have that like powdered wig i remember like when it went like uh it, it would be common for like yeah you want to get your hair out of your face you kind of just go full dunk yeah and then come out of the water like you know nose for chin first so that oh. it just like naturally trails behind you you don't have to do the, the, the full whip yeah i'm talking about doing a, a flip of that where you're purposely having all the if you have long hair it's all coming down in front of your face like a like a car wash and then instead of parting it or do it, you, you grab the whole flap of wet hair and you fold it back and it creates a, All right, so like this, a wave. By the gesturing that I can see that our listeners can't, it, it yeah. seems like they have very, very long hair. That is, I keep saying long hair. I don't know. I feel like everything I'm saying, <laughs> to even the people listening, will understand what I'm saying. So you're saying they whip their hair back and forth? No, not back and forth. Just, just back. back. And it's not a whip. It's a fold back. 
a fold. Oh my god! I everybody else is getting this, right? Yes. Please, that's let correct. Us know that you're getting this. Yeah, we do. Perfect. Phew! I'm gonna wipe my brow. I could never do that. My hair. You wipe uh, your you wipe your brow back and forth. I do wipe my brow back and forth. Yeah, I do indeed. For sure. Uh, anything else we want to tell the nice people? Obviously, we'll be back for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part Two when that comes out. Right now, oh, actually, we should elephant in the room, baby. Let's address it. Uh oh, that movie is delayed. Probably because of some labor action happening. What movie? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. Oh. There's some labor actioning happening. Labor actioning happening. Union's been on strike. Union's been on strike. Folks are down on their luck. It's tough. So tough. So tough. Um, So as we record this, the WGA has been on strike for over 100 days. SAG-AFTRA has been on strike for, I don't know, not as long. But everybody's on strike in the Hollywood. We're, we're not, we're not uh, ruining things by releasing this podcast. We are not ruining things by releasing are this podcast. Are we scabs? Are we scabbing? We are, not, we are not scabs. We are, A, not neither guild. B, it's only the actors who have been told they cannot mention struck work. Yeah, but the amount of impact that we have on promotion... And Hollywood. It cannot be measured. It cannot be measured, especially for a movie that's been, that was released in theaters over two months ago. The power of this podcast cannot be contained. Right. But. So is it irresponsible for us to wield this kind of power against those we purport to support? Right, that song? Previous guests. The Freshman. I won't be held responsible. She was touching her face. Yeah. A song yeah. that she was touching guests. her face. Huh. Hey, she was touching her face. You saw her touch her face. She fell in love in the first place. Not my fault. Uh, a song that previous guest Brian Smitty Smith hates. If you ever want to <laughs> get his get his gander going, sing that one. Um. Well, oh, so, so, yeah, we are not in SAG. We are not promoting Struckwork as SAG members. Arguably, are we even promoting anything? And then, B, I spoke to somebody in the WGA to say, hey, are we allowed to do this? And I was told, you're fine. So, as far did, as I know... Did he understand how immeasurable of an impact we have on Hollywood promotions? Here's what I wrote. I said, hey... uh, do it doesn't podcast. matter what you wrote. I think that I think that covers it. I think so. So we are. I, I I won't speak for Chris. I'm in support of these these strikes. Let's go. Get get your flowers, folks. I don't know where Chris stands on this. Uh, uh, I think don't these people have enough money already? Some of them do. But hashtag sarcasm. I've been told. I made a lot of sarcastic comments in the past that people did not recognize as sarcasm, especially when it comes to supporting horrible people. Uh, I don't support horrible people. (laughs) I may think that, like, hey, it's funny if I call this horrible person 
the greatest. <laughs> and uh, if you know that I don't think that's like, oh, okay, I, I see what he's doing. He's like, it's obvious, obvious, obvious sarcasm. Not as obvious as I thought it was. Yeah, if not, suddenly it's like some face switching in a, in a Mission Impossible movie. Took my face off. That's not hey, a Mission Impossible movie. What if face off? What if, what if the, what if, you know, they talk, I talk about a sequel to Face Off, like forever, like, no, they're oh, going to do it. Nick all Cage anybody, and, uh, all anybody it, talks about. Cage and Travolta, they're going to do it. No, they're going to do it. They're both on board. What I'm if they saying, just do it in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2? Nine of the ten, uh, strike signs I see are the longer this goes on, the longer you have to wait for Face Off 2. <laughs> <laughs> Nine out of ten of them. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the world is just waiting. What is it? It's a face palm. Is that, that's the thing, right? Face palm with you. Face palm. palm. That's, that's uh, John Luke Picard does it. Face off John... too. Yeah. Face palm. Face palm. <laughs> oh, that's very stupid and I love it. Face off two is going to be like they're not going to they're not going to do the surgery. They're going to do Freaky Friday of it. Oh, so it's going to be a body swap. It's going to be magic. Is it face off two colon body swap or face off two colon Freaky Friday? Face off two colon uh, eighteen again. What are the other ones? Vice versa. I say massive crossover of all of those together all the characters that were in it everybody comes back so it's all and, just and like they, a swap averse they yeah they they formed they formed a league of swappers because they realize they have these powers you know that not many other people but when they, once they realize like wait there's others like us and they start to study and they train new recruits i think i think the um the 18 again one is going to be the most interesting you're gonna have to get a cgi george burns and then you got to get Kirk Cameron back in the mix. That's going to be wild times, baby. It's going to be hard to get a hold of him. I don't think. I think he's out there. He's George uh, Burns might be harder. I'm just saying I, he's so. Or was that? It wasn't George Burns. Hold on. George Burns was somebody else, and then I think it was. Oh, I'm mixing up my swaps. I think I'm mixing up my swaps. You're swapping them. Because there's one with I think. Uh, What's his name? Arthur and Arthur Arthur. Dudley Moore, right? I think it's Dudley Moore, Kirk Cameron. And I think the George Burns one is a separate thing. I think that's a, oh God, you devil. That's another separate. That's God and the devil switching places. All right. They're like, like, we're going to switch faces. Here's a question. (laughs) And this, I'm going to apologize in advance for this question possibly being (coughs) problematic. George Burns, true or false, that that dude looked like a chimpanzee. Um, and isn't that evidence that evolution exists? Because he was so old, he might have been. Like you an think early... he might be the missing link? <laughs> yes. Yeah, George Burns might be the, the transition phase from great ape. People don't know. He smoked cigars for 14,000 years. <laughs> he invented cigars. That was before the secret. He, 
Before he said goodnight, Gracie, he lit up that first cigar. That's what kept him alive, although. That was his, the thing that, that led him what was in through those the cigars. ages. You know what I mean? What was in those cigars? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what was in those cigars. Except it entirely matters what's in those cigars. Like, that's <laughs> that would be the secret. Yeah, that would be the fountain of youth. The cigar fountain of youth. Um, all right. We want it now. We would, I would say everybody get to working on these swap averse scripts, but you cannot. Pencils down. WGA is on strike. We should have never even mentioned it. Down on their luck. We apologize. It's tough. Uh, Gina works the diner all day. Now, is it Tom's diner? It might be. It might be. All right, let's let the folks get back to us talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, shall we? Yeah. I mean, we could do... That's enough. You and I could do this this, all day. This break was punishing enough. I don't think it's punishing. I genuinely, at this point, I think people... It might be 50-50, but I think people might enjoy this middle section more than the outer section. Like an Oreo cookie. Some people like the cream the most. Some people like the cookie. Some people like the the whole thing. people who like the cookie the most... Are me and my brother, and that's probably it. Well, uh, I'm gonna okay. I, I, you know, I need to tweet. I need to tweet at Oreo and ask them this because they're Oreo. This last dozen years or so, yeah, have been on this like absolute tear. They're going of developing. Ham. Yeah. Huh? They're going ham on Oreo flavors. They're going ham. They're developing all different kinds. Oh, it's a birthday cake flavor. This one tastes like a cookie. This one tastes like a different cookie. This one's got sugar in it. This one's got sugar flavor. This one's got, this one's got chocolate flavor. Yeah. This one, it's like... So I say... And, 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 and again, I think all the engineering goes into the cream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push back on that. There's some Let, of it is the hear. cream. I know there's golden the Oreos. So, for example, the, the S'mores Oreo, a.k.a. the S'moreo, has a graham-flavored cookie and a chocolate marshmallow cream. Chocolate and marshmallow cream. So the cookie mm. is being uh, manipulated in some cases. Okay. Then I retract that claim respectfully. Retraction acknowledged. I believe it does not diminish what my original point was, what I was, what I was revving up to, which is... You've already got the classic cookie as it exists. It doesn't require any further engineering. I would like a package of Oreos, no filling, just the cookie. All right. I mean, the closest you're going to get to that is an Oreo thin because it has Look, less filling. No, the closest you're going to get to that is... It's a chocolate wafer thing. No, the closest thing you get to that is just twist them off and then scrape the filling off. Okay. But I'm telling you that the Oreo Thin has less filling to scrape off. Yeah, but it's also got less cookie. I don't know if it does. It does. Have you ever had them? Uh, yeah, margin. I guess, but I eat the whole thing. No, uh, I, uh, I like an entire cookie, and sometimes I like milk with it. All right, this this break is now, I think, as long as the first half of the show. <laughs> Fantastic. And again, I could keep going, but to respect you and your time. It's almost like we should do this more often. It's almost Talk like to each other, or, or or just do a podcast, just do some other kind of a podcast. Like we run out of Tom Cruise movies, 
Maybe there's other movies by different actors. We should have this discussion sometime. Off mic. Maybe we'll talk about it with Franco. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it with Franco. All right, gang, let's get back to the show. Any final words, Chris? Thanks for listening. All right, that'll do it. We're back, ready for round two. Our lives. There's that motorcycle and that mountain. Some of our choices. There are some cool shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the brunette lady. High octane action. Look at Definitely that. Run. High. Yeah. I mean, the runs are unbeatable. They're standard for a cruise. There he is. My man. Kittredge, baby. Yeah, your man sucks. What? The world is changing. Kittredge is dope. Truth is vanishing. Dope. He's coming. I will defend Kittredge to a degree. This Gabriel fellow. I got thoughts about Gabriel. (laughs) It knows your story. Look at that. Yeah, no, the run. High octane. Oh, I did like the bit with the little Fiat. That was good. That lady is like a has like a ghost face, right? She does, yeah. Yeah. The White Widow. The White Mm -hmm. Widow. There's Harley Quinn. Shall we write yours too? I'm talking about Mantis. Mantis Quinn. Yeah. Mantis, Paris. She really likes playing characters that end in an IS. Yeah, that are one word. Yeah. And two one syllables word. of them. One word isms. High octane right there. Look at that's, that. Yeah, no, that's high octane. Ethan, what's your objective? And there's like the a question. character Chris what's forgot about. How do you forget about him? <laughs> He's the only other character Look, that's been in every I, one no, of these I, movies. He, I didn't forget him. I willingly excluded him. <laughs> High octane. Look at that. Look how many octanes are happening. There's, there's so oh. many octanes in this. This part was cool. Yeah, that was great. That was high octane. Lives can matter more than this mission. That was like a wrestling move that the train put on the two of them. <laughs> that part was cool. That part was cool, and I want... They gotta make masks like that for us during COVID times. Yeah. For sure. With like the little nose clip? It was amazing. Oh, that eye. Yeah. That's some entity right it's like there. A, it's, like a, it's like the entity is like a digital version of of us. Sauron. Yeah. From I kept, Lord. Version. I kept thinking of, uh, what is it, Brother Eye? Isn't that a thing from OMAC? That is a thing. One man army corps, which is kind of what Ethan Hunt. Kind of. He's a one-man impossible mission. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> hey, it's totally it's impossible. impossible. Hey, it's impossible. Okay, here's here's a here's something we didn't talk about in the first half. What'd you think of this movie? Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll say uh, after my first watch, it was like like I was saying before, like I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. I'm frustrated. This movie makes me feel dumb. I don't like it. After the second viewing, I was like, this is a good movie. 
Did I ever tell you the story about when I saw Deadpool in the theater? I, never told I don't me. know if I don't know if you ever told me that story. <laughs> so I go to see Deadpool when it comes out, afternoon showing, and uh, there's maybe like 15 people in the theater because it's you know Friday afternoon or whatever it was. Movie ends. There's a guy sitting in the back who goes, "Now that's a good movie." <laughs> and and re- and repeats it. Yeah. Repeats that phrase as he's leaving the theater and as he's walking the hallway out of the theater. He like, wants he wants someone to engage yeah, him. He wanted to engage with a conversation, but he was now that's a good movie. He wanted now reinforcement. That's a good movie. He wanted yeah. validation. It was. He wanted friendship. I I he had to have said it six times at least in the time from leaving the theater to leaving the, the building. It was amazing. I think so, he did tell me that story. Maybe he but, took someone to the theater that didn't believe him that it was going to be good, and he had it reinforced. Now that's if, a good movie. If he did, that person was invisible because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it'd be great if it if there was a person with him, and he's just like he's like in their face saying it, and they're just like staring ahead, no response. That would be outstanding. <laughs> you know, I heard a rumor that when 20 minutes away from the theater Greg saw this movie at, at the end, Tom Cruise stood up in the back of the theater and said, now that's a good movie. He kept saying it until everyone agreed with him. <laughs> that would be choice. He actually did say that before the movie, so I guess that's... Does he say it's a good movie or just says thanks for coming out? He says something about movies in general, about yeah. like, you know, this the pay for the movie movies. theater. He said, we, yeah. we make these movies for you, so thanks for coming out and watching them. <laughs> but, my, ha- my hair's a little bit messier than you think it should be right now. It was. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, not to go off the topic a little bit, my cousin, your Deadpool story reminds me, my cousin um, saw The Dark Knight, you know, the Christopher Nolan 2008 Dark Knight. And when Harvey Dent was in the hospital and he turned around and his face was all scarred, he said, this lady turned to her friend and said, I told you that was Two-Face. I told you that was Two-Face. Like, they were arguing about it before. (laughs) He said everyone started laughing in the theater. That's that's great. Yeah. Uh, Scoot, did you like this movie? Um. Yeah, I did, um, but I feel like in a couple of weeks, it's just going to blend into the other. So I think starting with the Brad Bird-directed Ghost Protocol, these last four Mission Impossibles have been really good, entertaining, solid movies that are fun to see, but I forget all the details and all the nuances and little things that happen. They all kind of blend together, and I feel like this is gonna. I'm going to have to see this again before I see part two, because so many pieces, and I couldn't remember if that stuff with Gabriel was actually in one of the other movies, or if they just, like, inserted it here. Do you guys know? Because I couldn't remember. I was like, I, I, I guess I'm supposed to remember who that lady is, but I, I don't remember. No, it's all new information. Okay. <laughs> um, the way those flashbacks are shot, it does look a bit like stuff from the first movie. Yeah stylistically but but we have never seen gabriel before we have never seen that one i think his name marie or maria or something yeah um and uh and he does indicate he's the reason i became who i am yeah Yeah. so but i didn't remember if they they showed that like i was just in my head i'm like 
is it am I supposed to remember this? So I just went with it. I'm like, I guess that happened in another movie and I'm gonna put hates. a pin I'm gonna put a pin in that because that's gonna get us into a segment. Uh oh. Okay. You're saying I, it's too early for that segment? Well I just wanna I wanna close out the how we felt about the movie. I have a prediction. I think Greg liked it. <laughs> On first viewing, I liked it very much. It was it was the sort of thing where like I can't believe it went that too I now Chris knows I typically complain that movies are too long. <laughs> I find movies can be too long. Yeah, yeah. This movie is long, but it moves at a good clip and the action sequences are very entertaining. Um, I think more entertaining than the previous movie and possibly the one before that. In fact, here's my hot take. You guys ready? I'm the ready. Act- the action sequences in Dead Reckoning Part 1 are more Indiana Jones-esque than the action sequences in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Which I didn't see. Well, this has more of like the intricate like pieces affecting other pieces and the thing yeah. with the train yeah. the, the stuff with the train at the end with the cars yeah, yeah. falling was so good and so fun to watch because it did like feel in, like an Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah, because there's like a little bit of there's like jokiness, and you know they're going to be okay. But like, how do they get out of like what's the puzzle? Yeah, and then it's like each car, each car is a different car and has its own yeah. set of challenges. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I loved it. The piano thing hanging from the yeah, thing. The, the, kit, the, hot the, kit, oil the kitchen's the got hot oil yeah. and fire, and then they get past that, and then, yeah, the piano. Ah, awesome! Great sequence of uh, like the whole thing was was very cool. Even the car chase, like. They're handcuffed together, so they have to keep switching places. And oh, the and then yeah, the the, the the Fiat tumble tumbles down yeah. sideways, and then they, and then they and then when they land, they they're in the, they're in each other's seats. Yeah, they're yeah, like, and then like and they're just they're confused about it. <laughs> they're confused, and then there's the part where she, where like she's driving, just going in circles. Yeah, and Paris, it's just like there's like bits of humor in it. Again, it felt more Indiana Jones than the Indiana Jones movie that just came out, which is just a lot of car chases, which is what the previous. Mission Impossible movie felt like a lot of car chases um, and running. So, but then watching it the second time, I started to see some of the the holes in the in the sort of logic and leaps in this movie. So they explain a lot of stuff. They do a lot of stuff explaining cruciform key and AI. But characters get from place to place. We're just like, yeah, I guess. Like at one point, they're like, she's in the desert. In the beginning, Ilsa's in the desert. She has a piece of this key. You need to go to get her. He goes out there. There's a bunch of other people that also found her in the desert. We never see how Ethan figures out where she is in the desert. Well, doesn't they, uh, don't they tell him exactly where she is? That he just says she's in the she's in this place in the desert. But desert's big. So anyway, yeah, but he had that uh, compass. He did, yeah, and then she just happens to look out and see the flash and go. And he had, he had a horse. <laughs> he did have a horse. He didn't walk there. But later, once they're recovered, they're all together. She says something about the desert. He goes, yeah, and I don't know how those other people found you. It's like, they found you the same way you did, bro. Like, anyway, I started to see some of those things. <laughs> and it also struck me that they've sort of tied their own, they've created their own problem because... They're all talking about this entity and what the entity can do. But they've also established that the entity can tell you what it wants you to know. Yep. Yeah. That's what that's what I was gonna bring so up. So there's like there's <laughs> like a it's almost like a time travel paradox yeah. where like how how do they know anything they're doing is legit? Yeah. 
And if part two ends, if if the reveal in part two is like it was all a big like, uh, like a super the great the biggest MacGuffin in the history of MacGuffins, could could be interesting. But I feel like I'm already dipping into some territory, so I'm gonna break. I'm gonna get us into a segment if you guys are okay with it. Okay. This is a story about control. I'm in. Cruise. And this time I'm going to do it my way. All right. This is Cruise Control. This is the segment of the show where we discuss what we would change about the movie would that we were in control of it. And I'm going to start us off because, again, I put a pin in it. All the stuff with Gabriel and his history and his past and, like, how they all became IMF agents, I would get rid of all of that shit. It doesn't serve wow. any function. <laughs> like, Gabriel could just be a new villain that works for the entity, and he could still kill all the people he's going to kill. I could see. I'm sorry. And we don't, and we don't have to have... I, don't, I also don't like the idea that, like, they were all criminals who were given this choice to become IMF agents. Again, it's a little too Suicide Squad. And then I was distracted in the movie when they said about giving you a choice because it made me think of another Tom Cruise movie. I don't know if this happened to you, Chris, but I immediately thought of Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Chronicles. I'm going to give you what what no one ever gave me, a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very quickly taken out of the Tom Cruise movie I was watching to think of another Tom Cruise movie. That involved a choice, and I just I just don't think it was additive to the mythology. I think there I, I this like here's a history you don't know is unnecessary to me, um, and I don't know that it serves anything. I think I have an answer to that. All right, sir. And I think I think Scoot has that too, and and I'll let you go first if you want. Why don't you guys say it at the exact same time? Okay. <laughs> One, One, two, three. Velociraptor. Oh, octane. I was gonna say. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I would say that's that's the theme that they repeat. Like to them, that's important. Is like because they're setting up uh, Grace as the new member of the crew, right? And they're revisiting everybody's origin because of that, right? The end. <laughs> but they all have the same origin. We were all basically criminals that were in a tough spot and we were given a choice, but it's clearly not any kind of choice. Yeah, because the choice, no they, choice yeah. yeah. The choice they give Grace is option one, you're dead. Option two, you join us. It's not a choice. I Wasn't mean, I guess the you could their option you say no and then they'll find you eventually and kill you or something. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. that's no life, I think is what Luther says. With life, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't controls. that. That stuff I only saw it once, so I wasn't too hung up on that stuff. But I did. So the the stuff. Anytime you have like AI or technology in this, it's like the rules of it seem inconsistent throughout the movie. Because at certain points, it's hacking what they're doing, <laughs> and then other points, they're just using their phones and stuff again. I thought there was going to be that moment in the movie where they're like, "We got to go." We can't use any more technology because it's onto us. We got to use like old-fashioned like ways to communicate now because of well, AI. They do, they do clarify that the the headpieces they're using 
at a certain point are analog. Yeah. So so the entity can't get to them, and then but they're still using off. their phones and stuff. All the, the first... stuff on the train, they're using old. They're using analog phones. They're they're using mm-hmm. things that aren't connected to the internet, basically. That's my that was my understanding. Like when he's when he's like when he's on his motorcycle talking to Benji, that's analog. Their conversation is analog. There is a hiccup in that though because he sets his car to auto drive. Yes. And I was like, yes. Why doesn't it just go off? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess maybe that's IMF tech that is, but it doesn't, it doesn't compute because the entity got into the other IMF tech. I feel like there was another moment like that, but I obviously I didn't take notes, but I remember thinking in the movie, like, like after it had already messed with them in the airport, they were doing other things throughout the movie. And I thought, Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't, fully disconnect from the entity until after Ilsa's dead because the entity sends Ethan on that wild goose chase in Venice. Now, yeah. trying try, trying to look for a way where it like no it's 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 forgivable could be like how much does the entity care up to a certain point like he the entity doesn't care what happens the night before <laughs> the train with the key it's like it doesn't right. matter what any of the stuff happens all you know like it's 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 just making like making certain that the whatever larger puzzle pieces come together and so it might have disregarded like yeah tom cruise is not getting on that train i know that right and and so it's like i'm gonna disregard whatever it is benji and him are doing because there's no way he can get on i've already seen to it but he but, does uh, his own stunts which it didn't factor in yeah, it didn't factor yeah. in he does his own stunts yep the entity, the entity is like Ethan Hunt getting on this train would be impossible, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the entity messed up. <laughs> so, so speaking of some logic flaws or or or, or holes in in logic. Oh no, no, actually, no. You know what? Here it is. I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. He, uh, uh, the entity. It's in the entity's interest that Tom Cruise kills not Tom, Ethan kills uh, Gabriel. So it's not. It's like, well, do I really want to sabotage this guy? Like, let make him make him do make Ethan that's run true. his algorithm. It is true because that's what Luther says. Like, you yeah. can't kill him. That's why that's he had to. Want. That's why the whole point was like, you got to like the entity's playing Gabriel too. Is it yeah, Gabriel kill one of these Gabriel. girls? Yeah. So here's 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 a thing that I'll here's another of my cruise controls. I've got a few. Um the, the speaking of of things that sort of break the reality of what's going on. Ethan Hunt's arrival on that train is so so ridiculously perfectly timed that yeah. it broke like even the most impossible of impossibles like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much. It because was, it yeah, like, because everything about him is so precision based, like uh, he's got everything figured out, and that was just sheer luck. Absolute pure luck that he crashed into that window of that car at that moment. Yeah. And it's like he could have they could have done another thing besides that. It was it was a little clowny. But it was funny. It and was that, funny, but it was and that clowny. was that was an Indiana Jones. Yeah. It was an it Indiana was. Jones. Yep. It was. It absolutely was an Indiana Jones. But Ethan Hunt ain't Indiana Jones, baby. You know what I mean? I could do this all day. 
Um, Maybe the entity is going to reveal in the second movie that he is Indiana Jones. <laughs> that would be a reveal. They open up the tank and just Harrison Ford. <laughs> but it's no, it's the old man from Young Indiana Jones Chronicles with the eye patch just sitting there. <laughs> He's like 109 years old. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to go through my other ones. Uh, thrilled to see Kittredge back. Anybody who's been listening to this show knows that my cruise control for the past every movie since the first one has been bring back Kittredge. So Kittredge back in this movie is that's a win already. But I did not like that when they are face to face, he says, "I can see that you're very upset." Oh man, that it's was that, that made my day. Did it? Yeah, a little on the nose. It was a little on the nose. Kittredge is capable of so you're saying, much more. You're saying fan service. Yeah, and I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and then my last one is, and this obviously would have made the movie much shorter. We would have missed <laughs> a lot of stuff. But I feel like somebody could have made the suggestion hey, you know how we have this perfect 3D model of this cruciform key? Like it's perfect and it spins and we know exactly every nook and cranny and what this key is made of? What if we just make a new one? Let's make a dozen of them. Well, they did make a, there was a fake one. So what was yeah, it I, that, what was it that made them unique? Was there? The only thing I, I, try, I paid very close attention to this on the second viewing to see like, is there any point where they say it has to be this particular key? And there's not. It doesn't, it's like any other material would blow the lock. No, it's just this key that they have a perfect 3D model of. They're all looking at it, which makes me say, did the entity plant that key? And that key doesn't do anything, except that we saw the key do something in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. But it just doesn't make any sense that they're, they can't just make, how did they get this model of a key? It's a problem. You're saying go to the original printer of the key. Or just take that 3D model. Go to your local library where they have a 3D printer. Print up a new key. Yeah, I was thinking like together. No, just print up one piece. Yeah, Yeah. you can print it up as one piece. (laughs) (laughs) You know, then you find the thing. Yeah, but then they're digging in the wrong place. Explain. That's Indiana Jones. Oh. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, I remember that. That's a Raiders. That's a Raiders right there. They were digging in the wrong place. Yeah, so those are my cruise controls. I think that's all of them. Greg, maybe Ethan will do that in the next movie. Like, someone will get the key and he'll be like, I made this copy special, like with adamantium in it or whatever special about it. (laughs) But even, yeah, again, it doesn't, they light up. Okay. Yeah. But like, but like if I had a key to my apartment and I was like, oh, this key opens my apartment. If you got a handle, you could just take it to a key place and they'll copy it. It could be made of a completely different metal. It'll still, it could be plastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a problem with this cruciform key. Mm. It's neat looking, but the fact that they showed us that there's, they had there's a some, model. You know, maybe, maybe it's this, maybe it's the whatever, maybe there's a digital element inside of it because there's definitely lights, right? They put it together and it lights up. <laughs> Yeah. There are lights. And and it had some way to authenticate whether it was real or not. Right. So I maybe think that's, I think that's uh nonsense. 
That's some classic Mission Impossible nonsense. Okay. Does anybody I have, have a that? cruise? Let's hear it, baby. I have a cruise control. It's related, but significantly different. Um, instead of two pieces of that key, <laughs> why not like three or four <laughs> or 12? <laughs> 12. I mean, I think they, they probably considered six, but then they're like, oh, the Avengers already did that with the infinity Each, stones. No, no, no. Each piece can be a different color. I mean, that would be great. Would it still be cruciform? No, it wouldn't be. You wouldn't get to use that word. That's probably why they stuck to two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They want to keep it to be cruciform. Because uh, they don't have another word for any other asterisks. I, I think shape. I might I might figure out a way to say cruciform like once a day for the rest of my life now. And octane. Well, you, octane. I mean, say that any, anyway. Can you can you play me out? Let's all right. So tomorrow is a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Can you run me through a scenario where you're going to drop cruciform, please? I, I mean, I, you're kind of putting me on the spot. All right, you think about you know, it. You know, I'm going to have it. a full 24 hours tomorrow to do you it. You think about it while Scoot talks about what he would change right. about the movie would oh. that he were in charge. I like it. Yeah, Green it's control. probably. It's got to be similar to what you first said, Greg, with Gabriel, because I was sitting there trying to remember those old movies, and I had myself convinced that that was from a previous movie, and maybe if they had somehow, I believe they've killed off all the enemies and things, but if there's a way to bring back someone and actually make them, or like you said, just make him a whole new villain, because that part kind of took me out of the movie a little bit, because I had I was second-guessing. I'm like, did I see this and completely forget? Or is this like something they're adding in this movie? Not that it really matters too much, but it did take me out of the movie a couple times because I, I felt dumb. Like, I don't remember this lady. Why is she so important to Ethan? Like, I couldn't remember that. Speaking of, you know what else took me out of the movie a little bit? This isn't really a cruise control, but it's it's connected. Uh, this Haley Atwell lady is really very pretty. Like, I know she's been in other things. Right? Like, I'm... Yeah, Peggy Carter. But like yeah. in this movie, she's like really pretty. And like they've got her in good, like the, the costumer did a great job. A lot of vests and things. And I thought of this, there's a, there's a. You're saying enough with, with the Hollywoodization of these movies where there, it's like, it's like, why do they got to put pretty people in these movies? I know. It was more, it was more, it made me think of a Jim Gaffigan joke. You might know this one where he's talking about the movie Monsters Ball, where Halle Berry plays a woman who's like down on her luck and like is living a terrible life. And his joke is like, but she's so pretty. She should just become a model or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm watching this movie. I'm like, why is this lady stealing anything? Like she could just be a model. Like she could just have to do this life. Like she can go and be an actress or a model or like not do what she's doing. She has a brain, Greg. Yeah, and she should use that brain to not be running amok and against the law, getting mixed up with an Ethan Hunt and running See, away from him. What all it time. is though with these adrenaline junkie people, they're addicted to this sort of behavior. She could be a human cannonball, the well, circus. You know, yeah, I thought 
because when she he first met her again, I was like, does he know her from somewhere? <laughs> I started thinking that. But also, I thought, oh, she's going to be like some villain, like some main bad person, because she seemed like too almost out of place. I, I did feel that at first when she turned around and he kind of stared at her a little bit. She smiled yeah. at him. Yeah, no, she's just... And, and then I also, since movie five, I guess, or movie four, Ghost I wanted Protocol. to see them... Yeah, post-Ghost Protocol. So starting oh, okay. with Rogue Nation. Yeah. I, I They stopped doing like the full team switch up and it's always been Luther, yeah. Benji, and Ilsa. And I kind of like, I don't know that we needed Ilsa in this movie. Like she could have. We needed Ilsa for the for the. Uh, uh, what do you what, you know what you know what this is? This is, this is bordering on uh, women, dead women in refrigerator territory. It is, it is a bit of that. <laughs> is it was okay? the The way to the way to get to Ethan, the way to rattle Ethan's cage, is kill a lady that he's fond of. Doesn't matter yeah. which one; they're all interchangeable. <laughs> In I mean, fact, we're specifically going to say one of these two doesn't matter which one. Because it already happened once in a previous encounter that wasn't yeah, yeah. in a movie. Yeah, so I, I that might be also in my cruise control territory. Anyway, does anybody have other cruise controls? No, I mean, we've been nitpicking the movie, but I thought... Um, That's what we do, baby. I know, but I was going to say I didn't really talk about like we talked about it a little bit, but the action scenes were pretty entertaining and fun and fast paced well, well, and they fit with the characters. Like they added all good action scenes are only good. If you care about the characters and the characters involved make sense in the scene. And I felt like all of those with the exception probably of him flying into that train were like <laughs> those moments that, you know, Oh, how are they going to get out of this one or whatever? Oh, yeah. and, There's no, no question. The, the, the set pieces in these movies are, Really good, and these are particularly good. Yeah. But Chris, do you have another cruise control, or have you figured out how you're going to say cruciform tomorrow? I, I was going to say forgotten. Uh, so, something that kind of annoyed. I, I realized annoyed me as I was doing my recap was how uh, uh, Grace repeatedly did not recognize the value to just aligning herself with with Ethan sooner. Right, and, and that she <laughs> she left them on the train tracks. That's like she and didn't know a train was coming. She she deliberately left them the paperclip. Like, okay, here you go. Like, by the time you pick this lock, I'll be gone. Yeah, and he didn't even have enough time to do that. Like, he got out. He was still attached to the steering wheel. Yes, but she didn't know that the train was coming. She just wanted time to get away. What really? What, what don't these people know? They seem to have everything figured out every step of the way. Great question. Great question. All right. Well, let's. You know what? We're nitpicking. That's what we maybe, do. Maybe if you want to stop. You want to stop nitpicking? We'll stop. Let's stop. All right, we're out of cruise control. Now we can no longer say anything negative. And we, now we talk about all the positives. Before we do that, I need all to know all the I, way to the top. I need hold on. I need to know how you're going to use the word cruciform tomorrow, or should I, we save that for later? I still haven't figured it out. I'm sorry. All right, I let's could go to the. I could figure it out all day. Then let's go to the top.
That's our special Mission Impossible Top Toms theme, courtesy of previous guest, Paul McMahon, which begs the question, Scoot McMahon, are you related to Paul McMahon? I don't think so. And I'm not related to Vince McMahon or Ed McMahon or Jim McMahon. Ask my own answer, your honor. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Scoot. Right. Scoot. Yeah. Um, we're the first people to ever ask you that, right? About Paul McMahon? If you're yeah. related to anyone else named McMahon. No, Paul McMahon specifically is the only one I asked about. <laughs> yes, specifically Paul McMahon. You are the first to ask that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't bring up any of those other those other McMen. <laughs> um, top Toms this is where we talk about the top Tom Cruise things in the movie. I've got two. I got three. How many you got? I gotta Scoot? think about it. <laughs> All right, Chris, start us off. All right, I'm gonna start off with the first time we see Tom in this movie. There is another IMF agent handing off. The mission and yeah. meeting in this dark warehouse, secluded somewhere, whatever. And he, and you can tell this guy, he's like, he's new and yeah. he's not sure where he is. And he's like, uh, delivery. And it's just like, he's in there. It's a little bit tense. And then all of a sudden you finally, you hear Tom saying, you know, talking to him. And then he just kind of appears out of the shadows. And, uh, the yeah. first time I saw this movie, like I was like, yeah, like a Dracula. And he, and he appears to me, and all of a sudden there he is. He's just, he's standing there and he's right in front of the guy. And, and uh, like, <laughs> the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, he's like in a hallway or something like that. And he, you know, he was high, he was ducked down behind something. Greg is so, so delighted with that sound effect. You should be a Foley artist. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Upon the uh, upon the the rewatch, because I was ready for this, I'm looking around. They cut to an angle, right? He's standing right up against the wall. So there's there was nowhere for him to emerge from. <laughs> He's just doing like I'm standing still like a ninja, like like Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, where he's like, I'm invisible. Cause I'm, cause I'm motionless and they're like, yeah, we can see you. You're right there. But that's what Tom did in this. All right. This brings up a good question. So in all these movies, we learn another one of his abilities. In fact, at some point in the movie, I wrote this down cause I had notes in the theater. Slide of hand. Somebody says, uh, the phrase unique natural abilities. So we know Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt has sleight of hand. Ability to draw perfectly from memory. Yeah, photographic drawing. Photographic drawing memory. Freehand. Yeah. Um, in the last movie, I, I deduced that he can tell the future because he had a dream about a nuclear bomb and it all came to happen. So are you saying that in this movie, we've learned that he can nightcrawler and blend into shadows? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering what his power I'll, was in although, this movie. Yeah. It probably is a Nightcrawler, but I was thinking more of um, there's a scene where Wolverine and Nightcrawler are, are really kind of doing like drills in the forest and like he's got to like find Wolverine and he, and Nightcrawler's like, oh my God, he just disappeared. 
And then you come to find out like Wolverine's like, no, I just, I I mastered the art of, of disappearing, you know, just while standing still like in plain sight. And I was like, that, that's kind of what it was. Cause he's just standing there against the wall. Wait, that's a real thing that happened in a comic book. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's not something to get. Look, I know you love tangents. I just, we're not going down this one, but okay. So, but like, so it's not like bending light. It's not like an invisible woman thing. It's not a, a chameleon thing. It's just somehow disappearing in plain sight. That's a power. That's a thing. That's a thing you can do if you train hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> With the samurais. Yeah. All right. So, so you're saying that's what he did. It's not a night crawler. It's a Wolverine. I'm saying I, I don't know what he did. Like I was watching specifically like, okay, where, where is he? He shows. Uh, and then I'm like, I'm looking around the room. There's no like internal like lights the outside it's just it's you know you just got natural light coming in through windows i think maybe, i gotta maybe, look at this maybe he did maybe he had a dimmer in his pocket and the other end is holding a peace sign yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh classic I got two more, if uh, unless one of you wants to go. Oh, excuse me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, uh, it's not a two more. <laughs> Classic. Um, I'll do one of mine. Happens several times in the movie, but there's one in particular, and I don't now. I I can. Uh, I, I think I, it's. I bet it's the second one on my list. There's a thing Tom Cruise does as Ethan Hunt, which is this jaw clench. His, his jowls sort of jut. That is like not. That is not what I had on my list. That's that's one of mine. Every time he did it, I'm like, this speaks volumes of what he's like. He's in it. He's in the zone right now. That's one of mine. Scoot, do you have one? Yeah, I kind of do now that I was thinking about it. It's when he's in the Fiat and the train's coming and he does the cruise like that charming like, well, how am I going to get out of this? And then the train hits and then he's got the wheel and it doesn't really show. I don't know how he did it so fast, but he did it. Yeah. Hey, took the wheel off the thing, I guess, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good. Agreed. Chris, what's your next one? Well, we're all fans of Tom running. <laughs> Always. He runs so many times in this movie. How would you say we haven't done this yet? Fitness report? He's very physically fit. Although I we don't see him shirtless. He keeps his shirt on the entire keeps his shirt movie. On, but you can still tell. Like, he, look, the man does his own stunts. Does anybody oh, know no. this? How old is he now? I think he's uh, 60. And I got to start working out again. I think if you just start working out, you'll get to Tom Cruise level tomorrow. <laughs> but in particular, I like the specific scene where the, the, the U.S. agents... Or they're looking for him in the airport, and he's like, "All right, everybody, this mission is uh, uh, what do you call it? Compromised? Com- Compromise? No, he tells he tells uh Benji and this mission is terminated. Yeah, but yeah, there's this there's the just the the great shot of like these guys they're looking all around the airport and the camera pans up and he's on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> When the two guys are chasing him and like, where is he? And he's just like clearly running across above them. That was a good bit of business. Agreed. Reminded me of Catch Me If You Can, where he's always escaping one step ahead. 
my next one is there's a the sequence where they're where they're recruiting Grace to join the IMF. And uh Gabriel has already warned her, like he's gonna say he can protect you. Like that's what he's gonna do. And he straight up doesn't uh, yeah. do that. Yeah, right? he like, goes, he's and, like, he, and they stop it, like I think uh, uh she's like she's like, Are you gonna protect me? He's like, No, I can't promise you that. But he says No, it's you know, one of the one of the guys, uh Ving Rames or or uh Benji or Luther says, "Yeah, we can protect you." And then, and then Tom goes, "No, we can't." What? But that's not even the part that was. So then he goes, "But your life will always be more important than mine." And she says, "You don't even know me." And cool as a Tom Cruise cucumber, he says, "What difference does it make?" And the way he delivers that, it's like it was great. It was great. On second viewing, I thought. Well, it does make some difference. You and he do says, this for Gabriel. He says, I know enough. I know you're a pretty lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What difference does it make? I, I just like the delivery of what difference does it make? And uh, that's my second. Oh, top that reminds Tom. me of, an, of a good top Tom is uh, I love the part where he freaking takes that, picks up that lead pipe that uh, uh, Paris is trying Paris. to kill him with. And he takes it. He takes the, takes the full swing, the full haymaker swing <laughs> right above her head at the wall. Yeah. To be like, you know I what just happened. Yeah. You yeah. know I what just have, happened. <laughs> I could have killed you. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm going to take this swing. Scoot, you got another one? Yeah, I did think of another one. So when he's just jumped off the motorcycle and he's falling, his jowls are flapping in the wind and he says something and I had no idea what he said. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know, even know why they says, included that part. He says, I got to get away from this mountain. <laughs> Is, that's actually like what talking, he says. He's talking to them, and I'm like, I don't know what yeah. he just said. Yeah, he says, "I got to get away from this mountain." Yeah. We get some other sweet, sweet <laughs> jowl flapping action on top of the train when he's oh, str- yeah. when he's struggling with with uh, Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. All right, this isn't a top Tom, but like, he's just like a knife guy. <laughs> Like, that's his whole I thing. don't he think he's a nice two, guy at all. I think he's knives, particularly mean. Two little knives. He's even fighting Ilsa. She's got a, like a full samurai sword. And he's like, hiya, I got a little knife. Look at me. I got a little knife. Yeah, I, th- I kind of thought that that fight <laughs> should have ended differently based on the weapons. That they, it's like, okay, if you want to convince me that these are two like top performing age, like, look, we all know that and these movies any female can be just as deadly as any male the female is more deadlier than the male well That's according to the song yeah the female but it's of like, the species it's like so if you're going to if so if he's going to beat her you you, you got to give her more gotta give him a more convincing weapon to beat her with and or a ever nice. disarm her and use her own weapon against her i'm saying yeah, yeah well yeah exactly yeah cuz she i feel like hey she, i thought she had the higher ground she seemed to. She had a. I mean, I don't know where she got that samurai sword from. That seemed to come out of nowhere. But again, those are the leaps in logic. We're like, oh, she's got a, a sword now. They're doing like a lightsaber fight. It's yeah. it's Captain Hook versus Peter Pan, but none of them can fly, etc. etc. Paris had a sword at some point, and she Paris like show up the sword. She showed off in the club, and then maybe that's where she got the sword. Maybe she grabbed Paris's sword. Maybe because Paris you, didn't use it. It's true. She just had her face done up like a, like a Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's her, like, I'm going to yeah. kill someone tonight. I want to look scary. Yeah. 
I want to look like a Harry Juco girl but in her, Gwen Stefani video. Her face was awesome when she's driving the, that truck. Yeah. And like like the you know, the close ups of her like the maniacal joy. Joy. Yeah. Maniacal joy driving. Yeah, out. that was kinda yeah, that was good. It's a shame she didn't get to really say anything ever until the very end. I, I don't I don't know about that because uh I, I think about her the way I, I was, she talks as mantis. Well, she talks like a French person that, that, okay. that speaking English. But uh, yeah, I saw an interview. Saw an interview all about like she. It's like it's been her career goal to be in a Mission Impossible movie. So like so that so that <laughs> so that dream comes true, and then it's like, and then it's like I don't even have to learn any lines. It's true, <laughs> That's, except for the few lines in French at the end. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's your last top Tom? Uh, I like uh, the magic with the keys, the sleight of hand magic stuff. Right, those, that just feels like a very classic Tom. I'm doing I'm doing the Tom Cruise thing right now. <laughs> I have a skill. I want to show it off. Put it in the movie. Grace also <laughs> has that skill. Yeah, but here, here's, here's something. Here's something. Here's something. Here's something. <laughs> just because. Uh, hold on, hold on, Scoot. That was uh, an impression of Jay Leno. Oh yeah, like yep. She she acts so like surprised and dazzled by the sleight of hand magic that he's doing, you know. And so, and when you're watching it, you're like, "Wow, she she kind of she's surprised by this guy." But then you come to find out, like, no, no, she she knew specifically that's the guy to steal the key from. So she she wasn't surprised at all. She had that skill herself. So seeing somebody else do it isn't going to catch. So she's totally just that character is acting in that moment to fool Ethan. Yeah. You just remind me of a couple of things, a couple of little details. Let's hear it. So she tells Ethan Hunt her name is Grace. Right. Everybody calls her Grace. Yeah. At some point, she shows her ID to Kittredge when she's like, help. And when she's as the white widow. She's like, I want you to protect this person. And he picks up the, the passport and his fingers covering her name. So her name isn't grace, but everybody's calling her grace. Uh huh. So th- I think there's something there. That's trivia. One It's something. Yeah. Something trivia two. the opening of the movie. When we first see the submarine, it puts the date on the screen. February 29th. It's leap day. Leap day. So that means it, could, it, it narrows down the, number, the the possible years it could happen. That's right. And then the last bit of, of info is at some point they show Ethan Hunt's identification information. And it says his birth year, but, the, but I couldn't get a clear shot of it. So when this movie is released in HD and we can pause it, we'll know how old Ethan Hunt is in the mythology. Unless that's all just uh, fabricated information for the new identity. It could be. It could be. But I'm. we're going to find out. Maybe since they did the um, love interest that was killed by Gabriel in this one, maybe in the next one it'll be revealed that Grace is a sister he had when he was a, a kid. A, s- a sister? Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> 
Star Wars. All right, that's Top Toms. Thank you, Paul McMahon, once again for that thrilling Top Toms Mission Impossible. Here's here, something. Yeah, something. Something doesn't doesn't quite fit to a Top Tom. Doesn't doesn't, doesn't quite fit to a cruise control. Yeah, something. Even even even. Um, the the bit they do with the lighter, like every time I steal something from you, I leave the yeah. lighter in your pocket instead. Yeah, and then like I'm trying to figure out is that so? It's like you still feel like there's something in your pocket, so you don't think it's gone, or is it just like aha, you know who put? Because then then he goes and he finds her in Rome, and she and it's like oh your lawyer's here, and they take her into this room, and he's like hiding. And he's, but he's like, so he's like, he's like, I'm going to put this lighter here. I'm going to hide behind. I'm going to hide. She's going to, she's going to walk and she's going to see that lighter and lose her mind. Do you think he was peeking around that corner? Yes. Like waiting? Yes. It's a, Rubbing it's his a, hands together. And that, and question. that's her genuinely being surprised at that, at that juncture. Yeah. Even it's though great question. she had the wherewithal to hide her key. In case she wound up in a situation where, oh yeah, they got me, they're not going to find the key on me. I put it somewhere else. I can go get it later. So I thought, like she anticipated, like of course Ethan's going to be here. I guess not. She didn't know how capable he was yet. Mm. But yeah, I, I either the either the cruciform key is so heavy that it weighs the same as a a Zippo lighter yeah, because they're definitely the exact same shape. And they're absolutely, I mean, that's a cruciform lighter. <laughs> if ever I've seen a cruciform lighter, maybe that's how you'll use the word tomorrow, Chris. You'll go into a, a drug, yeah. a, a convenience store and say, do you have any cruciform lighters? Exactly. And you could do that every day for the yeah, rest of your life. That. Look at that. The algorithm worked it out for me and is, and is manipulating me and has predicted accurately how it's going to happen. I mean, That's why I wasn't worried. I wasn't even worried. There was something else that came out recently also about AI. Or am I just thinking, oh, okay. Oh, stealing all our jobs? <laughs> I went to the grocery store today, and they've put more uh, self-checkout things up. So I wait in the line now. I don't, I don't do the self-checkout if I can help it. So I waited, and when I came up to the, the, the woman at the register, I go, they put more of those things in? She goes, yeah. I go, I don't like it. Made her smile. Felt <laughs> <laughs> good. That's great. Yeah. Doing my part. Doing my part, folks. Because this is what's happening. I like to uh, I like to use the self-checkout to avoid human contact. To avoid germs. COVID. I understand all those things. I don't know that that's avoiding germs to use the exact same thing I'm using. <laughs> Scoot, you're just going to get my germs now. Yeah. Yeah. The last person put, who used the self-checkout machine. Put, putting my putting my fingers all over the 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 screen telling it uh 4011 bananas. <laughs> is that always the code for bananas? I think it is. I've heard it might be different of- for organic bananas. Speaking of impossible missions, I've heard that that's a trick people do is they'll scan a banana and then weigh something else 
to get something for the price of bananas. Well, so you're saying you're saying punch in the code for bananas and weigh and you're saying weigh something else, punch Let's in banana, bananas. not not yeah. pu- not weigh banana, punch in something else. Right. I'm saying, hey, I'm going to put this thing. I'm going to say I'm buying bananas. I'm going to buy 10 pounds of bananas. Yeah. But it's a, but it's an it's Xbox. Like, yeah, I'm gonna buy ten pounds of bananas. <laughs> go to the grocery store. You go to the Xbox aisle. They sell bananas at Target, my man. That's true. And Walmart. You got me. And Seven Eleven, where they me. have all the self checkouts. Yeah. <laughs> You've adequately oh. shamed me. When is enough enough? Thank you. We'll see you all again. Sleep tight. In all their blather during the very long mid-show break, the hosts neglected to promote themselves and their own creative works. But to save you from more of their nonsense, I have been tasked to relay the following. Check out Chris Giarruzzo's books, The G-Man Super Journal, Hashtag Danger, and his latest, Officer Clawson Lobster Cop. He also does a webcomic called G-Man Webcomics. Learn more at chrisgiarusso.com. Greg Shegel's latest books are the Superhero Universe, chapter book graphic novel series. There are six books in total, available in paperback or ebook at amazon.com. Learn more at gregshegel.com, where you can sign up for his once-monthly email newsletter and get info on having Greg visit your children's schools, in person or virtually. Thank you. Goodbye.